0: Going live now. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime Nation. Today, we're talking about one of the most bizarre animes of all time, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. If you are watching this on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe to help support. See more great content like the Marvel Mondays initiative, the Penultimate Conquest podcast, and the Penultimate Conquest game show. And my show, Anime Nation. Also, remember, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. Which gives you one free Twitch subscription. Maybe think about giving us that sub. If you missed out on any of this week's content, check the VODs. And even check the schedule, if that ever gets updated. For those of you who don't know, my name is Ryan, host of Anime Nation. Got a great guest with me. A regular over here at Anime Nation. My boy. The Metroid Man, John. How you doing, John?
1: I'm doing very well today. I uh part of how I was preparing for today, I was watching some JoJos. Um I've been rewatching stuff because I want to get uh caught up for part six in December. So I finished part three today and I started a couple episodes of part four.
2: Alright.
0: And now before we get into the big topics of today, we got we got a bit of house clean housekeeping to do. Uh Tomorrow, we have tonight and tomorrow we have Halo streams going on because that's a prize drop. Great game, definitely try it out if you haven't. And uh, stop on by if you want to see some craziness. And then tomorrow, we're talking all things Xbox, the 20th anniversary. And you know, I'll be there because I'm the biggest Xbox show in this group. And before we get into the big topic, I also want to talk a bit of anime history. I like to do this when I have one of these 1v1s. Um. John, tell me a little bit of what got you into anime.
2: In an anime? Um, it was a little bit of a couple different things, because, like,
1: growing up, um, Pokemon and Digimon came out around the time that I was starting to watch, like, TV a lot. So that had an influence on it. But of all the things, I think the biggest one was playing Sonic Adventure 2, and then... Noticing that there was a Japanese voice option, and then on my like second, third playthroughs, playing it in Japanese. Um, but I think what really like made me go, Oh, this is like a different thing from like just regular animation was uh, a friend at uh, school when I was in middle school, she was just like, Here's the first two DVD sets of Full Metal Alchemist watch them. They're one of the best shows ever. And I watch them and I, and then it's the very first episode is like religion. It's kind of screwed up, isn't it? Science, science is what's best. And then like four episodes down, there's a scientist who's like, I'm going to commit some atrocities. And the show like very clearly lays out that like there's positives and negatives to like every thought process out there. And it's about like recognizing humanity and stuff. And as a kid, I had never seen something laid out so gray and so like looking at different sides of different coins. Um, I guess I was a more of a teenager. This was like 13, 14. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, uh, I discovered Naruto on Toonami and then I kind of went from there. Um,
2: okay,
1: I, I caught up to Naruto and then I was like, time to watch it in Japanese because uh, I found websites for that. And that's how I started watching anime in Japanese.
0: Do you what time of Naruto was this? Like, what were you catching up to? Is this be tuning exams, Sasuke? Uh, re- uh, retake orc? What were we at here?
1: It, it was tuning exams. Um, well, it was weird because, like, for a while I was still watching week to week because I think I caught up to just before the tuning exams. So then, like,
0: like, every... before you get dropped in the big pit,
1: um, no, like. Right when the one-on-one fight started, oh, okay, like or the Gara Rock Lee yeah. fight, and everyone goes, "Oh shit, this is Naruto." Yeah,
0: um, so I, I still watching... go back and watch that fight some days. Yeah, God, it's good.
1: I watched it week to week until after the like big giant battle on Kanoha and then they're like, "What do we do for the next arc?" We're getting a little too close to the manga now. And then they're like, uh, let's look for the next Tokage, who moves a couple towns over. And then that's where I first started like getting the feel for filler. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. And then that's when I discovered like, oh yeah, this is just extra stuff that they threw in that's not in the manga. And that's when I started watching like the subtitles. And then my brother was like, yeah, um, this has been out for like five years. So Japan has already started out with a time skip now. And I was like, God damn.
0: I um, remember when that happened in the manga, I remember reading it. And I'm like, wait, it's been a year and now they're like 17. Mm, yep, yep. And and everyone is like powered up. All right. I I guess I'll work with this. And then it ended up still being some great stuff in there.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: Johnson, I've talked anime with you before. I know you are a big Studio Trigger fan. Yes. And I want to know what show led you down that path.
1: Um, uh, I guess pre Studio Trigger, um, there was one day where I watched. I I was just like staying with my friends, um, and we, and then Code Geass pops up on Adult Swim, and I'm like, "This is pretty cool. This is like Code like Death Note with with Mechas." Um, and then later on, I'm telling like one of my friends, this is a couple years later, how much I loved Code Geass, Uh and he was like, "You want to see a good Mecha show?" There's this thing called Tengen Toppa Gurren and I'm like this is the first time I've heard a an anime with just the Japanese title where no one is like yeah de- like before this it was like Death Note, Code Geass, like that that sounds Whole like Fullmetal a-
0: Alchemist, yeah.
1: Tengen Toppa Gurren I'm just like that is a bunch of vowels next to each other. What does that mean? <laughs> um and then uh this is like the torrenting age so he just like hands me a USB stick and it's like it's got all of it on here. <laughs> um, and then we start watching it together, um, just like a couple episodes every day, and I'm like, dang, this shit is, this shit is hype, and then from there, um, they finish, um, a couple years later, that's still, that's Gainax era, um, yeah I watch I watch Fooly Cooly, which was done by the- Gainax superhero. era, but,
0: ah, oh god, one of my personal favorites.
1: Um, and then they announced Panty and Stalking, and I'm like, you know I'm gonna be there every episode, and so every Friday- afternoon um at this point i'm in college uh a new episode would be out and so i come back from classes and relax and start my weekend with the the power hour which was Joe to to like spice me up and then panty and stalking to kind of to kind of climax and those are those are
0: two it. very uh, it was a very comedy heavy uh season for you there yeah
1: yeah um so i i i loved panty and stalking it's it, the final episode ends with like stalking betraying panty and the infamous title card uh next time on season two never happened no and
0: never will
1: and then they uh a couple years down the line more um i hear about a kickstarter for this studio called studio trigger it has the guy who created during lagun and panty and stocking um and they're talking about a show called little witch academia I I didn't have money, but if I had money at the time, I would have thrown shit down. Luckily, enough people did. They got a short out. That short did well enough and got put on Netflix that they made a second short for Little Witch Academia. And to my surprise, neither of those shorts have any fan service or or panty shots or anything. So I watched them with my little sister, and she was like, I like this show. This is like anime Harry Potter. And I was like, I know. Um, And then a couple years later, they're like, all right. I'm teaming up with the writer that we worked on, Gurren Lagann, with, and this is a show about fascism and fashion, and it's called Kill a Kill, and you have this teenage girl um, walking around with, it's a magical girl show where she gets naked, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'll watch anything Studio Trigger, Mm. and then that show just has some of the dankest, most extreme, intense fight scenes ever. Oh my god,
0: Um, um... The whole arc the uh, where they're trying to figure out who will roll the school next? Yep. That that does some great fight scenes. Shout out mm-hmm. to Gamaguri, one of my favorite characters of all time.
1: Of course, yes. Alright. Um, yeah, then after that I was hooked.
0: And now, final question for a little bit of anime history is... At the moment, give me your top three anime you've watched this year.
1: This year? Okay, um... It's it's gonna be weird because like I don't I don't keep up with seasons and stuff.
0: Super That's fine. Just, what what um, have you been watching this year?
1: Um, so I'm just gonna throw out JoJo's. I've been rewatching it from the beginning, and just being like, yeah, there's a reason why people love the shit out of this anime. Um, so JoJo's is good actually. Um, my brother, cause he knows that I'm really bad at, I'll be like, yeah, I'll get to that eventually. I definitely want to check out that show. He just walked up to me when we were hanging out one day, and he was like here's the season one Blu-ray of Demon Slayer. Watch it. And so that killed tripped me into watching Demon Slayer. I am actually, aside from the movie, which we're going to hang out and watch together. Cause he's only seen up to before the movie. Um, and I think he got the movie on Blu-ray as well. So at some point we're going to see that together, but I watched all of Demon Slayer besides the movie. And I really dig that show. Um, pretty, pretty cool. I like the animation style. I mean, it's, it's UFO table table. I don't know how it's pronounced. I always Ufotable. want to say. I always always want to say UFO table, but it's Ufotable, UFO table. UFO, UFO table. UFO um, table. They make really good shit.
2: They do. Um, they do.
1: What else have I seen this year? There was something that I was
2: watching before JoJo's that I finished. Um. Uh. World Dungeon View. Oh, yeah, I watched The World Ends With You anime. Yes, yes. Um, That's
1: a little bit on the... the... It's weird because for an anime adaptation of a JRPG, it's pretty good, but those are always almost super terrible. Um, And I think the only reason why The World Ends With You is pretty good is because it's a 20-hour JRPG instead of a 50-hour JRPG.
0: Yeah, I'd Um, say it's a bit better than the Persona 5 anime, but not better than the Persona 4 anime hmm hmm That's right. Bad I put it somewhere in the middle there.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the a, a big thing that helps is that they just CGI would all the monsters. Um, so they don't have like the problem that some of the persona animes have where everyone's suddenly off model and they can't keep up.
0: Yeah, but um, a amazing ability to keep the look and style of a Game was such a unique art style. Yeah, Even back yeah. then, that game had a unique art style.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's always like everyone's like, "Yeah, Kingdom Hearts is a very unique art style." Even compared to like Kingdom Hearts, it is so unique in its mm-hmm. stylings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Shibuya. Great place. Um,
1: well, actually, I just remembered. uh I watched like the first half of My Hero this season. um I just got bogged down by life and and stuff like trying to finish Demon Slayer and JoJo's. Um, but everything I saw in My Hero, I was digging. Um, always. Did cool. you just start My
0: Hero or just this new season of My Hero?
1: Just this, just like the first half of the season. Like the uh, the team battles where they kind of scrambled yeah. uh, everyone up. That was interesting. Um, Some cool think, powers in there. Yeah. Oh, oh, we got to see... What's his face? Um, Tokoyami, the shadow guy's new ability. Um, yeah. Which is, which is... It's really cool, but it's kind of funny because it's just... Oh yeah, you can fly now, and then just like hold me, and so just Tokuyami looking like this, Damn. while his animal monster is just like carrying him. Um, <laughs> this but, is yeah. my
0: son, I protect him. Exactly. All right, in that. That's a bit of anime history for John. Now let's jump into JoJo's bizarre adventure.
2: Oh Jo! All right,
0: first let's just talk a bit about JoJo's. JoJo's is a show that's. And manga and franchise has been around since the late 80s, early 80s, mid 80s. Yeah. That really caught on in the early, late 2010s, mid 2010s is really when it got going again. So,
1: there are like three. I'm going to go with two. There are like two eras to the the, the JoJo's fandom because before the anime adaptation, which is obviously how it got really big, it Mm -hmm. came There's the OVA. Yeah, there's the OVA. Um, But part of the reason why people know about the OVA is because of the Capcom fighting game that was released in America before we had anything JoJo's. And that happened because basically at the time Capcom every year was like, "All right, we're here's the next Street Fighter Two version. Here's the next Street mm-hmm. Fighter two. here's uh we got a Dark Stalkers thing, And then they found themselves at, in Japan, they're like, "Okay, we're delaying Street Fighter Three another year or something so that we can make it a better quality game and kind of make it more unique compared to the last Street Fighter Two version. So in America, they're like, "We need some kind of new machine out. All the arcades are like, That's how we make a lot of our money. Is the new Street Fighter just dropped? Everyone's pumping in quarters. So then they were like, here's this JoJo's thing. There's a guy in a hat. He has like a, you have like spirit buddies that like pop out and you can fight against each other.
0: There's the most broken fighting game character of all time. Shout out to Pet Shop. You can't hit him. Shout out to Pet
1: Shop. And And he has
0: full screen projectiles. The perfect way to design a character.
1: Um,. I, part of that is that I think he got fixed in, like, the second version, and that version never came out in America.
2: Um, okay,
0: because I've played that game, uh, I played it on PlayStation, and not on a Xbox game, the uh, Xbox, God, what was it called before? Games Pass and all that, like, um, their store on the 360 era.
1: Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe that version, okay, so maybe it's just completely broken no he is, to, he is he is just help. broken then never mind um, um but i think that fighting game um kind of made a, a decent amount of people and like people that are like this feels very manga anime-y um to like check out the ova around that time because it did get an english release it, um, yeah the
0: the ova and the game right yeah yeah because the yeah. game, I've, I've seen, like, rare copies of it before, like, on Dreamcast and shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're, it got a very small release. Um,
0: I think I've seen one real cabinet of it. Nice. Yeah. I,
1: there's an arcade by me that has, like, um, a bunch of generic arcade cabinets that have just, like, a emulator system put in. Mm-hmm. So it has, like, 3,000 video games. And so, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is, like, right in the middle
0: in the chase, so... Oh god, what's it called? Uh, JoJo's uh, Star Crusaders, right? Yeah, something like that. I think so. Star Wars um, Crusaders, which would make sense. That is the, uh... Yeah, it's, it's part all of, of it. Stuff. Yep. Which, uh the first time I ever got introduced to JoJo... Was back, oh, near a decade ago through a, uh... At the time, small anime channel, uh... The anime man, Gigguk. Uh Top 20 anime fights. Where OVA Ooh. Dio versus uh, Jotaro made it. And I was like, what is this? This looks awesome. So, god, I must have been 13 then. Uh, 13-year-old me goes, searches up this OVA on some sketchy-ass website. And I'm like, okay, no, I get this. This is weird, but it's cool. And the fight scenes in this are really cool. It has that old-school anime flair to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then about, who well, I'd say a year later, is the announcement of, um, oh, we're, we are just redoing JoJo. JoJo is uh, finally getting its full full release. They are going to go through and start it, which, sadly, they did start with the, uh, arguably... I'd say JoJo gets better with every port, and then it kind of plateaus, and then after part- part three up, if you told me any of the ports are your favorite, I'd accept all of them. I- I'm not trusting a person who tells me part two is their favorite part of JoJo's.
1: Ooh, he might not
0: trust me <laughs> Is part two your favorite?
1: Um, it's- it's kind of a, an iffy thing, because here's the thing, I don't think part two is my favorite- I think young Joseph Joestar is my favorite protagonist Jojo.
2: He's your
0: favorite Jo-bro?
1: Yeah, and I have a lot of favorite fights from Part 2. Um, and I think Hamon was like a genuinely cool thing. But I think that the reason why they never use it again is because they probably did every cool thing they could think of between Part 1 and 2. Um, which is why everything has been Stance since then. Because Stance can kind of be everything.
2: Yeah, no, Um. Stands are... So let's start with just um going on through the parts. We'll give a little
0: summary and talk about each part. Part one, um, nineteen area nineteen nineteen hundreds era vampires. Uh, brother fight is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. But it may have one of the best theme songs of all time that opener slaps the
1: theme song is like a foundation it it gives you a really good idea of what you're getting into with with jojo's bizarre adventure and it is this is going to be an 80s anime but done super 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 well technologically but they are not changing the tone for shit that song like if you if you replace all the instrumentation Mm -hmm. with like 80s midi stuff In the background like that would sound like straight up an anime right out of the 80s the way they're narrating the entire um premise of the show in the song um so i
0: then i know uh everyone is always hesitant of watching part one uh how did you power through part one were you hooked instantly or did it take some time to get powered through I was,
1: I was personally hooked instantly because Dio Brando is... The, the point of the first half of Phantom Blood is to go, Dio Brando is a massive asshole because he was born that way. He was born to a, a common evil. thief. He was born to a common thief. So sure, maybe he had some bad upbringing. upbringing but then he gets adopted by the Joestar family, who's very opulent, very nice kind people he's like i will treat you exactly as well as i treat my own son as far as i'm concerned you are my own son i don't care that i've adopted you i will treat you as good as i treat jonathan and then brando goes i don't give a shit i just want to i just want to be rich and also fuck this jonathan dude i don't like him he just i don't Fuck him! I'm gonna just—he's literally like, I'm going to destroy this entire man's career.
0: And and Jonathan is the kindest soul. He, yeah. he just wants to play his rugby and just hang out with his girlfriend and his dog. Rest in peace, his dog. Not the first dog to die, but so the, the first dog, but not the last. Yeah, yeah. Oh
1: god, <laughs> we'll get to that later. But yeah. I th- I think what helped me get into it is that I just saw it, I saw it kind of like a comedy series, like a comedy action series, and Dio is just such a obnoxious, cartoony villain in that beginning part, that I was just like, I gotta see what this guy does, because he's just so weird. Um, and then we
0: get to weird Dio, like five years later, trying to get a stone mask from some random vendor in the streets.
1: Yep. Yeah, Which and
0: leads us down a entire long way to where we'll be in a few seasons.
1: Yep, yep.
0: With Dio putting on this mask and becoming a vampire, because that's how vampires work in this world. Yep. This mask yep. makes them.
2: Yep. And um, so,
0: I think, I think Dio then cool. becomes invincible.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They they show like some really nice people getting the vampire mask, and as soon as a vampire mask turns them into the vampires, they turn evil. Like they yes. stop being who they used to be and they're evil. So the point of the show is to go, now Dio's going to get it, and he's already evil, so this will make him a billion times worse.
0: I am if now that's funny. Super evil.
2: Yep.
0: And let's see that after that, which would be the next big thing would be Ah, Jonathan learning Hamon Fru, my favorite Waifu Speedwagon. Shot Speed. Speedwagon. Yeah, um... <laughs> with Speedwagon, I do want to bring up a small thing. Here is uh Hideo Akane's love of American 80s pop music and rock music through the naming yep, of yep. his characters. Cause in the original manga everything is a copyright infringement they all just God, straight yeah. up named bands and songs.
1: Yep. Um I actually every time I watch it, I watch it specifically on my computer so mm-hmm. that I could have another tab open and whenever they introduce a new stand or a new character, I will look at the JoJo's wiki and be like, mm-hmm. "Okay, so what's the what's the reference? Where yeah. are we going here?" <laughs> Some of them I can figure out like like a character named Santa Viento, I'm like, "That's that's Santana." That's weird, but I get yeah. it. Um But yeah, Speedwagon offers my, uh, has my favorite role in the show, which is Unnecessary Narrator, because the show already has a narrator
0: before he shows up,
1: and one of my favorite bits, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but (laughs) Speedwagon will be like, oh no, Jojo used Hamon so he wouldn't fall down. Yeah,
0: he caught himself with Hamon.
1: And then the narrator (laughs) will be like, Jojo used Hamon to help himself not fall down. And I'm just like this is great. This is unnecessary, but I I find it funny. Um, so, so we, and, yeah,
0: we get to the end of part one, which ends with Dio supposedly being dead, locked in a casket at the bottom of the ocean after killing Jonathan, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. Did they both um, went down?
1: Yeah, um, uh, cause at first you think like he's already dead for real, and then Jonathan and was it Arena? yeah, was his wife. Okay, yeah, they board the ship, go to America to start a new life to get away from the memories of Dio, and then it turns out the casket that they buried Dio in is on the boat. It breaks out, and then Jonathan is like, "I'm going to defeat you in the casket." Um, and then and then the casket, oh, it gets like blown off of the boat. And then, so Dio, Dio's, Jonathan is like cradling Dio's head in the casket as it sinks into the water. Um, yep, and, then...
0: and that's the last we see of them for a little bit. Yep. And then we move into mid-1920s, 1930s New York for yep. part two, which starts as far that be... Joseph, right? Yeah, Joseph Joestar. Joestar. Joseph Joestar in a restaurant, I believe, kicks that season off mm-hmm. with him getting shot at through a restaurant door.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's also the part where the the cops are trying to do a racism against the the black kid who uh very very um diversely is named Smokey. You know, a perfectly normal oh yeah, for I forgot his name. American character. Um. And the only reason why I bring this up is because he uses a Coke bottle. He charges hamon into it to shoot a yeah, the sh- bullet, mm-hmm. and it like embeds itself in a guy's head. Like it doesn't kill him, but it like mm-hmm. causes him to bleed from the head. Um, but then and- they get into a fight with a vampire, and Jonathan is like, or Joseph is like, I don't know how to use my hamon to kill this guy, so I'm just gonna mow him down with a Tommy gun in the mm-hmm. middle of a restaurant where people are. Yep. Eating-
0: which he just had on him. He just, he just had yeah, a Tommy yeah. gun.
1: They don't show him pick it up. No, he just it's
0: under it. the table. I believe he just sits up and just talks going.
1: It's mid-30s Prohibition era yeah. New York. Like, Everyone that, had a Tommy
0: gun. That sounds believable.
2: And, then, oh God, this would be second... Which is now we're in the second season. And then, I believe after that, he goes
0: meets Lisa Lisa to go learn Haman. Mm -hmm. through that with speedwagon's kid right yes yeah which this this is a big part of jojo's is for some reason everyone's kid knows everyone else's kid even though it's a a world traveling show everybody meets everybody and the bloodlines keep going
1: yeah because uh joseph is british american and then Mm -hmm. caesar so it wasn't speedwagon it was zeppoli
0: Zeppoli. that's Zep- right.
1: Zeppoli t- uh teaches him Hamon, and then Speedwagon—it's s- just his Cockney British friend. Yes, like, because
0: Speedwagon Hamon. at that point has started the Speedwagon Association, yeah, which uh, helps them travel around the world.
1: Yep, yep. It's like <laughs> just a, a giant hand waving, like, okay, so we can go on globe travel, globe trotting, because after the whole thing with Dio, Speedwagon was like, I'm a very rich man now. I'm starting a huge non-profit to like keep tabs on like supernatural shit in case dio shows up and tries to fuck around again so and that's how that's how we go on our globetrotting adventure in this this episode so
0: we get a fun rivalry there with Zapelli and jonathan
1: yes joseph joseph joseph
0: and, and Zapelli they we get a fun rivalry of them learning hamon through climbing out of a giant hole Yep. And the way Zapelli uses his Haman is bubbles. Yeah. He he, he blows bubbles. <laughs>
1: yep. But they don't really establish, like, I think there's a hand-wavy moment when he first uses it where he pulls out, like, a little bottle and he, like, he opens He has soap it, on like... his
0: hands. Yeah. He keeps his hands soapy so he can, like, flick his finger, cause bubbles. Yeah. Um, and they explode. Yep. Um, and, and while I... this is all going on, we have vampires waking up, which is a clear 80s reference,
2: we call them the Pillar Man. Yep. The Pillar Men wake up, and they are just these three, um... God,
0: Aztec? I, I believe they yep. are Aztec, because I believe that's where the mask is from. Yep,
1: yep.
0: Vampire monsters that have now yep. arisen. hmm And they are just, oh, I don't think about JoJo. The, every man is just buff as hell. Everyone is a brick shit house. It's these three near naked brick shit house men awake from stone yep. Yep. and walk out of a museum after killing a dude.
1: It's it's great. Um and then they just also happen to be named three infamous <laughs> rock acts. Yeah. You've got Santa Viento, aka Santana. You've got the the best the best um we we're trying to avoid copyright, so what can we do about it? Uh, the the Japanese vowel, or, like, the way the Japanese people pronounce A-C-D-C, is Whamu? E-I-S-I-D-I-A-C-D-C, that way, and then yeah. WAMU, yeah, the literal pronunciation for WAM in Japanese, because they, <laughs> the consonant vowel pair, so WAMU, perfect, just mm-hmm. great job.
2: So and- we get them, and then we also, um... Somehow get to Nazis, yeah. With uh, Rodel
0: von Stronin, I believe was his name. Yeah, von Stronheim. Yeah. Who, who who's a mecha Nazi with a gun in his chest?
1: Yeah. At At first, he's just a regular Nazi, and then uh, one of I can't remember which one, but one of the pillar men like cut, cut cuts off his torso. I think or it was
0: something. ACDC.
1: Yeah. Um, and then he appears several episodes later with, like, a robot body, and as the series continues, um, eventually he'll, like, lose an eye, and then he'll show up again with a robot eye.
0: Yeah, he just keeps getting more, uh, bionicle in it.
1: Yeah. Um, this is part of why, part two, I, I like Jonathan Joseph more so than the part itself, because, uh, they don't exactly make this guy seem like an asshole,
0: um, I would honestly call him one of the protagonists.
1: He he is honestly like, since Speedwagon isn't fighting in this part, he's kind of the Speedwagon of this game because he is yes, the he, of this part.
0: He uh, he um, does do the narration, but it's in thick German accent, so it's even better. Yeah.
1: In 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 Joseph's defense, though, Joseph is never happy to be around this guy. No, Every no, Joseph hates like, him, like, and he was not oh, sad God, when it, he died. Yeah, he was like, well, that's the thing—he doesn't die. Um, That's right, he gets ripped in half, but they rebuild him. He gets rebuilt, and then probably the part of this... Like, you can tell this was written in the 80s by a Japanese person that was not super well-versed in history, because it ends with him going, and then he fought valiantly in the Battle of Stalingrad and killed this many yeah. um, Russian soldiers on behalf no, of his I... allies. Oh, sweet Jesus. And I'm just like, do you don't have to give him a heroic death Post part like like making I'd rather this guy gets torn up and no yeah, has to feel bad about it like
0: but it Mabu Zapelli gets crushed by a giant rock
1: a giant rock shaped like a cross
0: <laughs> so, lands on him and crushes
1: him that, that Caesar's death is an important point of the series because I think up until that point I'm like, ah, ha, ha, look at these weird, quirky characters in this JoJo's adventure. Because, like, I think before that... Um, no, it might be after... Yeah, it's afterwards. Never mind. Because, um, like, one of the Pillarmen starts crying when he loses an arm. Yeah. Um, but when Caesar dies, like, that is a show going, we're serious now. This yeah. These guys had a bond. They had a very close bond. They they, they weren't boyfriend and boyfriend. Uh, they both like girls, but, like, they were very close. Um... And that's really, and it, it it genuinely made me feel something like when Caesar died, I'm like, okay, like, this shit is getting real now.
2: And then we get to uh, Jonathan defeating the Pillman using,
0: oh god, what was his main way of using Homer's clackers, right? Yeah. For a couple fights, it's clackers. Yeah! Um, <laughs> uh, I'm think like, the- he uses clackers because that's the opening. I'm like, Oh, this is what yeah. the show's about. Well, that's a, I
1: think that's the funny part, is I think like he uses them for one of one guy, and then the fight against the second guy, he breaks it, and then I think there's like 12 more episodes, and he doesn't use them ever again. And he didn't use them that much before that. So. No. It's funny, because like, JoJo fans like to make it seem like that's his iconic weapon, the clackers, but it's kind of just a gag how every time... He pulls them out, he doesn't really do much with them. They're more of a distraction mm-hmm. than anything they else. They are,
0: because I believe he beats the final Pillarman by like kicking him into a volcano. Yep. While falling to his death and somehow survives it.
1: Yep. Yep. And um,
0: then he he marries uh the girl he met in it, Suzy Q, most basic of names. Yep. And that leads us into my personal favorite part. part 3. The Stardust Crusaders, Joe Bros around the world in 80 days. All right. We meet Joe the most, I'd say, stoic of the Joe Bros, where this man is just a brick shithouse who doesn't care just wants to punch people. That's my, all Joe Taro wants to do. To,
1: to do like a very tiny, like, future part of part three, my favorite, the best way to describe Joe is that at one point they fight a stand that turns you turns your age backwards and they're like oh no how is Jotaro going to get out of this one he's 7 years old and then Jotaro was like actually I was still a rough kid when I was 7 and he just wails on this adult like a 20 year old mid, middle aged like trained adult and he just beats the shit out of him and they're like that's Jotaro like mm-hmm. this man was just always amazing um, Jotaro kind of is such a weird protagonist because he's like literally a Gary Stu character like he yeah. is good at everything he does, nothing ever phases him he's never shocked um, there's the meme of like girls will be like oh you're so cute and they'll be like shut the heck up, you're annoying and then he will turn his hat that I have on my shirt here Yeah, his hat hair? his hat hair, yes, because there's one point where it blows <laughs> off and you're like oh part of that is like the hat has hair yeah, like, I'm like I hate this. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It, so the way uh, part 3 gets brings drama is uh what I like to call the the uh it's it's a, it's the Goku format of writing, which is your question is not how will Goku, how will Jotaro beat these people? It's how long will his friends last until Jotaro can show up and save the
0: it, day. Here's the interesting thing about his friends though is they all hold their own pretty much to the end
1: yes yes unlike unlike tvz all of these are capable fighters they're just yeah every so often they fight something just a little too strong and they have to chip at them and it's not like goku were like they're basically just losing it's like they're actually doing damage or figuring out the weakness so that joro can kill deal the killing blow
0: and so this introduces what will now be replacing harmond in the entirety of the show which is stands and stands are a basically energy force that comes out as a being outside of you that only other people's stands can see mm-hmm. and they all have weird quirky abilities some of them are a fucking boat and a mind gorilla that's yep. one of them yep and some of them are just punchy dudes but they get real creative with them the longer they keep using them.
1: Yeah. They, the, they introduced the, uh, them in, in the early 80s, and they haven't stopped using them to this day. Like, Iraqi's nope. still writing, and he's still coming up with new stands. That's
2: how they stand the test of time. So we get to there, and then we... The basic premise for this one is that he is a Joe Star, of course. His grandfather comes along and, uh, mention stands, all that. I believe he gets
0: some out of, is it juvie he was about to go to? Is he in a prison cell? He, he was in
1: like a, a, a jail confinement for, um, like where, you, where they hold you before your yeah. court date. Um, but then he, he pays he's dressed the like bail. a
0: typical Japanese delinquent. The, yes. the school oh. jacket busted open, the chain. That's the weird yeah. thing
1: is that this is a high school uniform. But then, yeah. like the hat and the chain are stuff he added to it. Yeah. Um. But also some of the like you can't see them on the shirt, but like he has some like extra buttons and stuff. Yeah, that yeah. Are I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to have, but oh. Eventually, we get to see Kakyoin, and he has like a totally different school uniform, and it's like you guys. Yeah, go to I the never same understood
0: school. that one. Which because he is from the same town as him, I believe. The,
1: I think they're the same school. Is it, it it might not be. I thought I it's been a second. Even though it was like literally a couple months ago. Well, I because
0: like, he uh he I remember he used his uh green Oh,
1: I remember what happened. He attacks Jotaro. He he like fakes going to the the hmm. nurse, the school nurse and then yes. he, Jotaro investigates and then he attacks him from there which doesn't make sense because that that means that they're at the same school like they go to the same school mm-hmm. if like he's attacking him at the school and he knows that so
0: yes and his stand is green Half-A-Met, which just a long lanky boy that can slice things and so we then begin to realize that through uh, Joseph's um stand, um, which is his ability to touch technology and be able to look through anything at a person, which is actually mm-hmm. extremely handy. Yes, he can just take photos of anywhere in the world as long as there's a screen near it. Yep, so we learn Dio is alive, and his father told him stories of Dio, and now he is telling them to his grandson, and he's like. You are a buff-as-fuck kid with one of the strongest stands in the world. Uh, We need to go stop Dio. And before they get a chance to go leave and do that, his mother gets sick. So now we're on that 80-day timer. That his mother will die in a couple of weeks if they don't go figure this out. Mm -hmm. And I believe the first half of this show is gathering the team, and the second half is... Going to go fight Dio. And his The first one is around the world to get to Egypt. The other half is Fighting in Egypt.
2: Yes. So we get all, we get the first two together. I believe uh god, what's his name? Omidol? Amdol So uh in the English subtitles they translate
1: it to Abdul, but it's I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Abdul. Like Yeah, like it's Abdul, right? Yeah. Like, there have been several, like, popular musicians named, like, there's Paula Abdul and others. Yeah,
0: it's Abdul, and I believe he is not a villain ever. He has always been good. He was never trying to attack them.
1: Yes, um, I don't know if there's any mind control moments that happen, but other than something like that, where, like, a stand controls them. Yeah,
0: but he doesn't um, have the problem of, like, uh, Kirka, who was mind controlled and tried to attack him. That he gets on mind control, he's like, I want to go fuck up Dio, he mind controlled me. We learned Dio can put this little spike in the back of your neck and control you.
1: Speaking of which, Kakyoin, Hierophant Green has a, 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 a type of power that is never used after this part. Which is that, because it can, like, they, they do highlight that it can grow and shrink in size. Um, he can, like, shove it into people's bodies to control them. Yeah, like, he, does yeah that he can, to like, the nurse. take
0: over their bodies, yeah.
1: And then uh, this is where we get to the the JoJo's mechanic of Araki forgot. Uh, Araki never does it again because he forgets. That's a thing Mm -hmm. he can do. And he just focuses on how he can stretch around and shoot a bunch of emeralds with the attack emerald splash.
0: And now we get to one of my favorite characters in all of JoJo. Panerif. God, I love him. Or the French bastard with a sword. One of my favorite stand designs of just a fencer. It's great.
1: Yeah, Silver Chariot is an iconic stand. It's just, it, it, it's a very good example of conveying the variety you can get with stands, mm-hmm. but it's also just like, like in an RPG party, you have um, Magician's Red with Abdul, who is just a bird that shoots flames. You have the Bruiser with Star Platinum, just punches a bunch of shit. And then you've got the Sword Guy with uh, Silver Chariot. Very precise stabbing. Very speedy boy.
2: And he's just great. He is. Mm -hmm. He's just. He brings the team together. He is just the comedy aspect
0: of the team. But he can also hold his own in a fight. He's one of the fastest, most powerful stands.
1: Personality wise, he kind of starts the trend of Jojo himbo's. Um, yes. Which is not to say that, like, like Speedwagon was kind of that in part one, part mm-hmm. two. Strondheim, you can kind of stretch it. But mm-hmm. Polnareff is, like, occasionally just a massive dumbass that doesn't yes. see anything that's going on. And it's hilarious. But he's also endearing because, like, there's a moment where they're, like, underwater. And someone is, or I can't remember what the context was. But someone was like, what is that? What is, oh, they're doing, like, hand signs. And then... Kakyoin was like, do you know what this sign means? Or no, 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 Polnareff is like, do you know what yeah. this sign means? And Kakyoin is like, that means he just farted. And then they're like, hell yeah. And then they do like a, a yeah. 30-second like handshake thing that like they've never done before and they never do again. Um, and they're it, it's just funny because they're buddies, even though Polnareff is supposed to be in his like 22.
0: And yeah, he's then, he's mid-early early 20s, I believe, if then, not 1920. And then Kakyoin and Shodaro are like. And then two. to round out the weirdness of this group is a fucking dog, Iggy. Yep. We get Iggy who is Um God, what was Iggy's stand again?
1: Uh I think it's just the fool. Like normally it's everyone just the gets fool. everyone gets um because they're all based on a Arcanus hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Iggy Stan doesn't get anything other than the Fool. Yeah, it's just the Fool. Which is interesting, because, like, other ones have, like, a color or element um, lean to them, but he just gets the Fool, which looks like a race car yeah, guy.
0: Yeah, it's a big race car that he can use. hmm And that is our team that we've gone on this journey with. The first part, we gather them all, now we're in Egypt, and, Shout out to whoever spent the money to get the end credits be Walk Like an Egyptian. It adds just the right amount of flair. Yep. Um, I was like, this is good use of copyright music right here.
1: Oh, we went too fast through parts 1 and 2. We didn't get a chance to talk about Roundabout.
0: Oh my That's god, the, the show biggest got meme.
1: Big. Yeah. The the TV continued me where he just says, yeah. shows something terrible right before it happens, and then just go yeah, gets like,
2: yeah. funky. Um,
1: the the investment into classic uh, American rock music really makes the show like mm-hmm. contributes to it. It would be it is it is it would be weird if it didn't have it.
2: It would be, and then we get to
0: just um, some fun fights in Cairo iggy versus pet shop's amazing it's it's one of the most brutal fights in the show
1: it is it is so cool because they give um and and it's never him actually talking it's just um him thinking and we're hearing his thoughts but they give him a voice um and it's really interesting because in japanese they do the typical thing where that what of what they do with animal sidekicks where he has kind of like a little boy, teenage boy voice. And then American
0: talks like a New Yorker, right? He sounds like Joe Pesci. He's
1: like, ah, this, uh, this (laughs) Petschap guy is dead. It's really strong. I'm going to have to figure out a way to get out of this. But I think that it works because he is like kind of like the things he says, even with the subtitles are like these tough things. We're like, ah, this guy's really dragging me down. I didn't even want to be here. So I kind of, I kind of dug it. Um and it's only a couple episodes too cuz like after that episode he doesn't talk anymore since he's no with the humans again.
0: And then I then we get to the main bad boy which is Dio is back. Dio yep. is back in full effect and we learn he ripped off his own head. He ripped off Jonathan's head and attached it his head to his body. So he's now part Joe Star and part Dio Brando. Yep, which allows him to have the most powerful stand the, the, the world o,
2: the world. Yep,
0: <laughs> which allows him to instantly stop time, which also can punch like a motherfucking truck.
2: Both the Dio the world
1: starts uh, starts to make an annoying um trend in JoJo's, which is. After this point, we start getting a, a, not a lot, but every stand, at some point, there's one guy with a stand whose stand is, I am like Star Platinum, but I stop time. I am like Star Platinum, but I do a little funky thing on the side as well. Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, like they're all like, I can punch the shit out of stuff, but also I can do a side thing. Yes. Um, but as the big bad, it's really
0: cool. It is. And it's the first time that we've seen, because they didn't have a lot of trouble fighting a lot of the people. Oh, it was tr- trouble of infighting and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But until we get to The Gamer, which is one yeah. of my favorite episodes of where one of the guys stands at the video game console, you have to beat him at video games, and he is cheating the system entirely.
1: Actually, I think it's weird because that's not his stand. His stand is, I can turn you into puppets, beat me at a video game, and I won't that's turn right. you into a
0: puppet. And I won't turn you into a
1: puppet. Um, but I guess the weird way his stand works is that, like, it is, but it, it's locked into his gambling, both characters, because yes. the other guy also has a Um, uh, He has a his, brother they're brothers. does gambling.
0: Because the brother does gambling, and he does gaming.
1: Yes, and then as soon as they, uh, like, couldn't see, the stand is like, I ain't doing shit now, you gave up, you little bitch. Yeah. Um, which doesn't seem to be, like, part of the, the stand's rules.
0: Like, they don't say it's No, cool. they usually just do what you say.
1: Yeah, it's just they're so dedicated to the gamble that they're like, you beat me, I lost. Guess I gotta gotta let you beat the shit out of me uh, you now.
0: Now we all have these these five great characters going up against Dio in a fantastic three-episode-long fight where, sadly, right off the bat, we lose Kiyosuke. He is just bodied by Dio. They thought they had him trapped on the city street. They didn't.
1: Well... You forgot in the in the fight before that they fight a guy called what is it? I forgot what the English name was, but it's Vanilla, Vanilla Ice, Ice isn't it? Vanilla Ice is the actual name. I think they call it uh, Cold Vanilla in in English. Yeah. In um but Vanilla Ice is what everyone calls him. It's really obvious that's what he is. His thing is that his stand can go into a a other dimensional portal. That only he can survive in if anyone besides him and his stand gets into it, they are just devoured into nothingness um, and the way we are introduced to him is uh Abdul looks back, he sees him coming at them, he shoves polnareff and Iggy out of the way, and then he is dead. Nothing is left but his severed arms, and at first, you're like he's gonna come out like it's a it's a pocket dimension he can do something, and the show's like. No, after the fight, they are the show is like Abdul is dead. He is dead for realsies. completely dead. And Iggy dies by the end of the fight too because he ends up getting mortal wounds and then using a stand to protect Polnareff um, from a potentially killing bull, blow. And then Polnareff is the one that kills Vanilla Ice. But yes, before they even get to Dio and the like stairway up to him abdul and iggy die yes it's 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 not a glorious death for abdul it is a very sudden he gets bodied he
0: gets bodied
1: it's it's rough i i appreciate it from the perspective of sometimes the most powerful deaths can be the sudden deaths Mm -hmm. it is a little frustrating that it's like the only non-white non-asian guy um I understand that, but he did
2: have an amazing role in that show.
0: And he was yes, never played yes. to be... Overall, yeah. He was played to be one of the most powerful characters they Definitely. had on that team.
1: Yeah, that the reason why they kill him off is because the fight against Dia would not would have been a little too easy if they had a giant bird that can shoot fire.
0: Yes. So so then we get to the fight. We'll use Kierisuke right off the bat. He gets shot through the chest. He just gets punched through the chest, I believe.
2: And then it's down to Polnereth, Jonathan, and Jotaro. Yep. And then we
0: get to the epic fight, which is Panereth and Jonathan both get fucked up. Panerith and Joseph, they get fucked up easily. And then we get to Jotaro versus Dia, which brings some amazing moments, such as a massive truck destroying you. Yep. A
2: the worldo itself. Mhm. And then Star platinum trump carding the worldo. Yep. Just
1: Oh yeah, I can time travel too. Why uh, I I can. Fuck you. I, can. I win. It's literally like when you would play <laughs> games with a little kid in the with, when you were a little kid and yeah. you just go, "Well, I can stop time too." <laughs> I win now and you're like, "What?" Um by the way, the uh, Dio just kind of disappearing for a couple seconds and then reappearing and being like Road Roller. That was yeah. my introduction to JoJo. It was actually when I would see random like Mugen fights on YouTube and I would just see that this was always a classic Mugen. and yeah. then just like with the steamroller mm-hmm. and I'd be like, Oh, okay, um, that's a thing. And I now- did not realize that was Do until I watched this for the very first time.
0: Now we get to um, some people's favorite parts—a really mixed part of JoJo. It's a part four. Diamond is unbreakable. Um, Diamond is unbreakable really slows JoJo down into a weird mystery show, mm-hmm. which stars Josuke, another one of Joseph's uh, grandchildren, I believe.
1: A uh, an Ill- illegitimate child he had with a twenty-one-year-old. Yeah somewhere around the events of part three because it they they're mm-hmm. literally like yeah that was happening right around either before or just after yeah um which is what it made it him 60.
2: so um, he's this
0: kid Yeah, the palm patrol he's a little bit meek and everything but he has one of the most powerful stands yep which is uh stone diamond
1: right uh, I think it's like crazy diamond.
0: Crazy. Crazy diamond, yes.
1: Yeah, like the uh like the like Queen's song.
0: Yeah. And he can reform anything to its original matter and shape. He can instantly fix injuries. He can instantly fix everything. So we get through that and then we learn well um weird shit is happening in the town murders all this it's small town it's very Twin peaks is the best way to put it it's twin peaks meets jojo
1: yep this you can definitely tell that while he was finishing up part three uh rocky was watching twin peaks and then as soon as he finished part three he's like i want to do this twin peaks kind of thing but with stands Um, And then he does the very unnecessary thing of being like, oh, by the way, here's how stands work. There's a stand arrow, and if you shoot a guy with a stand arrow and he doesn't die, he gets a stand. That's how everyone got stands. Uh, I bet you didn't know that. Uh, You know, remember how I talked about how Kakyoin has had a stand ever since he was a kid and it got him made fun of? At some point, as a child, he was shot with a stand arrow, I guess. Um. I guess Polnareff too.
2: But, we yeah. are going to, this because we're running close to time,
0: I'm going to skim through Part 3. Really, the two notable things in Part 4, I mean part four is the introduction of Crazy Diamond, how yep. insanely crazy he is. A lot of things of the week, murdering happening, and we get to two important characters. One being Rona Rona Kisabe, because he is a returning character.
1: He gets his own spin-off series. He does,
0: and it's hilarious. That's a, a fantastic show. This is him traveling the world. He's this manga writer who's just a bit of a douchebag.
1: Who may be a self-insert for Oh,
0: he 100% is a self-insert. He he has one of the most most powerful stands in the entire show. Yep. He is a self-insert. And we get Yosakagi Kira, who's the main protagonist of it, a serial killer. And he has probably my favorite stand, Killer Queen. I love Killer Queen yep and all the different forms killer queen can take like the little tank robot thing that it can go around in
1: i forget what that one's called i know the time travel thing is bites the dust doll
0: god i forget which one it is too but um he's just an interesting character he's just this crazy very calm very um God, American Psycho-esque character mm-hmm. of the businessman serial killer. Yep. But he has a stand, and he can also control people, because that's lot, really how JoJo really works. A lot of controlling of minds. hmm So we power through that, and then we get
2: to uh, one of my favorite parts, part five. Which... Uh, Italian mobsters? And... The first time we break away, kind of, from the main JoJo family with Giovanno. Because when you think about it, if it's Dio's head on Jonathan's body... Mm-hmm. He is a so Joestar. He's
0: still a star. Like, that's not Dio's seed.
2: No, he he is,
0: That's but Genesis. he has
2: Dio's blonde hair with the yeah. name written in the hair. Yep. For
1: some
0: which, reason, um, this is when I would say this is the most uh, bizarre of the adventures. Is yeah. part five, which is a mob takeover, basically that he joins a mafia. Which is funny because
1: and- the premise of five stand users try to take over the mafia sounds so straightforward so straightforward it's and not. it just goes all over the place
0: it, this is the most wild one where it well till we get the part later parts that have not been animated yet
1: yeah I've, we, heard, I've heard
2: some things about those uh <laughs> fucking uh part seven's amazing <laughs> fucking cannonball run it's a good time Mhm. Mhm. So basically plot of that is we have him which god what is what is his stand again? Um I think it's gold experience. It's golden experience and it's surprisingly weaker for a JoJo stand till it isn't. Interesting. I I didn't finish part
1: six, but I don't I don't mind getting some of it spoiled for the sake of the podcast.
0: You mean part five?
1: Part five, yes. I I, I didn't finish G- Giarno's adventure, but how I'm far
0: are not... into or into it all are You is the whole gang together?
1: Yes, I I saw the whole gang. I got up to let's just call it the baby stand or the guy that makes baby stands.
2: Okay, did you meet? Our friend Polnareff again. Uh, yes. Okay. So you're pretty far in. Okay. Golden Experience Requiem. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, to not save, um, to save John
0: from some spoilers, I do think the ending of it's insane. This one is Crazy Italian Mafia Takeover. That is the
2: absolute best way to put it and for um my last two questions here for you are one what is your favorite stand oh favorite stand
1: ah for some reason i wasn't prepared for this there are so many cool powers and abilities
2: um uh just to make it faster i think i'm gonna go with um we didn't talk
1: about him but the Himbo of uh, Part Four, Okiasu, his stand is the Hand, um, which is he can just like kind of scrape the world to make tele uh, portals that he can teleport with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not too different from what's the other guy's Vanilla um, Ice. But Vanilla Ice's stand, um, I just think it looks cooler, and the way it does it is a cooler version. Um, so I think that's kind of one of my favorite like combinations of stands and designs. I also really like uh, Bucciarati stands, Zipper Fingers. Um, Zipper
0: Fingers is awesome. Or,
1: it's called Sticky Fingers in English to avoid the Prince album reference, they call it. Yep. Zipper Man, neither of those are like, make set, or no. Zipperman sounds dumb. Sticky Fingers doesn't let you know what the hell it does.
0: It, it um, doesn't do anything to do with him having Sticky Fingers. He can open it. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a, it's not a uh, Prince album. It's a, I think it was an Aerosmith album. It's an Aerosmith uh, album. That had a zipper on it.
0: Yeah. It's a zipping open of a a pants. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, explain the power for me.
1: Uh, for Zipperman. Um, he can make zippers everywhere. Nomura, this inspired Nomura's entire art career. Um, (laughs) he can make anything a zipper. Uh, it's not painful. It opens up whatever is on it. He can, like, make zippers on his arms to, like, extend his body. Yeah. Make zipper portals. Actually, you know what? It's Zipperman because he gets the portals. It's a cool-looking stand, and it's, like, a really unique aspect where it's, Mm -hmm. like, zippers. And he's just literally, like, popping in and out of everywhere. Or, like, if someone tries to cut off his arm, he can unzip his arm and split it open that way, and it doesn't hurt him. He can zip people themselves. And, like, shove things in people that way or take stuff out. And that's also not painful unless he does something like unzips you, shoves a grenade in your body, zips you back up. You got a grenade in your body now. Got to figure out how to deal with that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Zipperman. Alright,
0: and for me, it'd either be Killer Queen or silver Chariot. Those have always been my two favorites. I have little statues of them behind me. They're They're fantastic. And... My final question is excitement for part six. Are you excited?
1: I'm so excited. I've been I've been rewatching Jojo specifically so that I can have all this fresh in my mind as I go into part six. Um we're getting the girl JoJo, which is always exciting when a series that's always been about male I protagonists. I love like, Jolene. Jolene. Time for a girl.
0: Jolene and our friends are fantastic.
1: Um it takes place in Florida. So like JoJo's has already been weird existing in Japan, in Europe, mm-hmm. Rome, Italy, uh, what Was the, uh, uh, England, France sometimes. Now we're going to Florida. where If you told me it's going to be a true story, I'll probably believe you. Florida is a <laughs> screwed up place. It starts out as a prison break show. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to meet new jo- female JoJo bros. Um, Jotaro is her dad so we get that Joseph yeah. Jotaro dynamic, but now it's Jotaro and Jolene. Jolene. Um, I'm just so it's excited. It's great.
0: And um, with that, we get to the end of our show with the last thing is going to be. It's going to be Manga Corner with a brand new show, a brand new manga from Shonen Jump I'm going to be chatting on today, which is Ashaman. It is has one chapter out so far, and... It definitely feels like it's running up there to try and fill the gaps that Shonen Jump has at the moment with the loss of Demon Slayer and other big titles over the past few years. It is about a man who dreams of becoming a manga protagonist, and he is just, uh, imagine Saitama meets Jujutsu Kaisen, but the Yakuza doesn't think, the Yakuza thinks he's a demon, so they send demons after him. So it's Powered Up, Non-Caring Saitama Fighting Demon, uh, Yakuza.
1: Interesting.
0: It's
2: I a fun like, time. I,
1: I heard something about this as well.
2: And with that we get to plugs. Anything you want to plug today?
1: Uh, I'm not going to plug anything for myself. But uh, the one thing I just want to mention is part of the reason why I'm excited about Part 6 is that they announced the English dub cast. And and a voice actress by the name of Kira Buckland got casted as Jolene Cujo, which, if you don't know, um, she's voiced 2B. She's voiced a lot of characters in anime and stuff. She got her start in, actually, the Newgrounds, like, fan uh, animation scene. Yes, that's how I heard of her. Uh, since she's, since I think around 2011, 2013 is when she started, like, getting put into actual professional productions Mm -hmm. as soon as she was starting to be interviewed whenever people would be like what's a character you would love to voice she was like i hope this jojo's thing gets a part six i want to be jolene jolene is my favorite character she's cosplayed jolene several times uh she's a big fighting game fan and her fight stick is just a giant jolene poster um artwork and buttons wise um so i'm just very very happy for her because she is Playing the character of her dreams, um, it's really cool to see someone who like started as just a fan who was like, "I would like to become a voice actor," At, when I was a teenager. Like she was doing that when I could have been doing it, um, and now she's getting to voice her favorite character when when she started, like the anime was just about to start. Who, yeah, we weren't sure that we would get all the way to part six. They'd have to get to part three first. Hopefully get a second season after parts one and two to do three, um, and make sure nobody lost interest in the middle of parts four and five. But I'm just really happy for her for that. Um, if you want to hear me talk about that? You can go to my Twitter at,
0: at noisy Shark. And to find out whatever I'm doing and wherever I will be on this wild world, the internet, you can go to at twitter.com Ryan, the lion three, zero five, five for whatever I'm doing. That was Anime Nation. Thanks for watching. Good night.